This is episode 435 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles, Small Things Can Be Biggest Problems, and Prepper-Specific Financial Advice. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Everyone, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like some more information on the ebook or the audiobook, come on over to the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com or click the link in the show notes. Hey, before we jump into our articles, I want to just briefly bring up this thing that I, that I saw on Twitter uh, today. You know, Gab.com, I don't know if you're familiar with them. They are another social media, and they really uh, became prominent when the news of you know, Facebook and Twitter uh, clamping down on conservative Republican uh, accounts and things like that. You know, people started leaving those, those uh, social medias and started going over to Gab. Now I have a I have an account over there. I don't really use it too much because it's not as easy to get to. I mean, you have to. Uh, there's not an app, at least that I have been able to find that that seems to work. And I really can't send information from like Prepper website over there uh, without just like cut, cutting and pasting and, and doing stuff like that. I mean, a lot of the things that I do, they're automated. There's just no way I don't have time to be to just sit on the computer and, and share out articles. I wish I did. That would be great, but. Today or just recently, they decided to uh, a couple of the different online, uh, I guess, websites that allow you to give money. They decided to shut them down. So Stripe, PayPal, and Joy ENT. I don't know. I've never heard of that Joy one, but Stripe and PayPal are definitely ones that I have heard. And this is all stemming from the guy in Florida, the, the guy who was sending all the pipe bombs and stuff like that. Uh, because of what he was doing, they, they said, okay, hey, he is a reason why uh, you know, Gab needs to be shut down. And it just it, it's crazy because at first it was PayPal, then Stripe uh, decided to come on with it, and then other people decided to come on with it. And really, it's you know they 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 tweet it out. It's funny because Gab they have their own social media, but they have a, a, their Twitter account as well. And they tweeted out that uh, today Gab.com spent all day working with law enforcement to ensure that justice is served. For this, we have been no platformed from Stripe, PayPal, and Joy ENT. In a matter of hours, this is direct collusion between the big tech giants. So. You know, it's been a crazy week. People that I know, I've been seeing things on, on social media just from the time that, uh, you know, I, I did the last podcast last week on Thursday night uh, till today. So many things, you know, with uh, the guy in Florida, the pipe bombs and all that kind of stuff. And then the shooting that happened in the synagogue in Pittsburgh and our, and our thoughts and our prayers go out to that community over there. I mean, that should never have been done. Um, but there's so many crazy things. People are... Uh, people are, it just seems like they're fed up. Actually, the Drudge Report also says that, you know, and I know people that were posting, you know, I have a family member that was posting that's just, just kind of fed up with all the craziness that's going on and the hate and all that, all that stuff that that's happening. 
But, you know, you have all of that and then you continue to see things like this happening where PayPal decides to say, hey, we're, go we're not going to allow you to take in money from, from us because you had this guy on your, uh, on your social media account that was sending pipe bombs, right? Or fake pipe bombs or that would have really never gone off, but he was sending it. And that's crazy because you know what? Facebook has people do things all the time that are that are bad. I mean, they people have live broadcasted things before. And you know, PayPal's never shut them down, or Stripe has never shut them down. And Twitter has people have done things on Twitter, and it's just it because Gab is geared more towards the you know first amendment and allowing people to you know to say what's on their 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 mind and because they're not trying to control the conservative republican you know thoughts out there you know that's that's one of the reasons why they're doing that and it's just it's crazy things are crazy out there guys and if there was ever a time where you kind of look at at the world and you look at where we where we're at Yes, I'll, you know the the stock market. Although it's been really, it was really rocky last week. Everybody keeps talking about jobs or this and jobs and that. The fundamentals have never changed because the person in the White House changed. All that stuff is still the same. The things that are are you know the our fragile economy is still fragile. Things are still fragile out there. And then on top of all that, we have all this craziness. And if there was ever a time to really be prepared, I think now's the time. I mean, if there ever was a time to really keep your eyes open, you know, be prepped and aware, now is the time because there is just craziness going on everywhere. And I think people are starting to get fed up. People are starting to get get uh, just tired of it. So the, the guy in Brazil who they were touting as the uh, Brazilian Trump or whatever, he won. And so they really did a swing to the right. You know, Brazil really swung to the right. Uh, you know, with with uh, electing him, and because and that is because people are tired of the regular politicians that have been running just really countries into the ground, maybe the world into the ground, and people are just fed up with it. And so I think we'll start seeing more of that, and we'll continue to see that. Um, I think we need to have our eyes open for the midterms and what happens there. Um, I think that if Republicans do win. And there is more of that, you know, that that happening and that going on. I think you're going to see the other side not very happy. And so, again, I think we need to be prepped and aware. And that's one reason why we need to be prepared and we need to keep our eyes open of what's going on. It's really easy to say, you know what, I don't want to listen to the news. It's so negative. I don't want to pay attention to what's going on out there. But I think you do just for the fact of. Uh, to keep your keep the pulse of what's happening out there. So um, whatever, however you choose to stay informed, you need to continue to do that um, because we are things are crazy, and uh, I think they're getting crazier at least from what I'm seeing, from what I'm witnessing out there. All right, so enough of that. Let's go ahead and jump into our articles of the podcast. Our first one comes to us from SurvivalBlog.com. This article is a short one. It's entitled Small Things Can Be the Biggest Problems. And like I said, it's very short. Uh, someone who started to homestead and some of the things that, uh, some of the small things that happened that caused big problems for him. And I really liked some of the things that I saw in the comment section. And so I'm going to point those out to you uh, or point out the comment section for something that you might want to go and check out a little bit later on. But let's go ahead and start reading. 
Several years ago, I used to be a regular contributor on Survival Blog. Then, in 2011, I bought my dream property and began prepping in earnest. It is completely off-grid with spring-fed water, solar panels, and propane generator for power, wood stove for heat, composting toilets, and satellite for internet and phone. In that time, I found that it was the small things that were the biggest problems. Tick season. During tick season, I'd have five ticks on me just from a moment in the garden. One bite got infected. My whole arm swelled up. If it were not for antibiotics, who knows what would have happened. Now, I wear white tick-proof clothing into the garden during tick season and have plenty of tick tweezers handy. Then woodpeckers. After a week away, I came back to holes in all my structures or domes. Was it meteor, meteorite strikes? No, it was woodpeckers. I learned to mix grape flavor with white paint because birds hate it to cover my domes again after patching the holes. I also now keep a semi-auto Benelli 20 gauge by the door. The camo paint made the birds think the domes were just big trees, I guess. Then mice in the diesel generator. Another day, I was trying to figure out why my custom diesel Lister generator, for which I paid over $20,000, wasn't working. It was EMP proof and could run on nearly any combustible fuel. What I discovered was that mice got into the generator head and made a nest. After replacing the wiring, I welded a grid over the place they got into. The generator works fine now and is for sale if anyone is interested. What about redo my spring? Then I paid a dowser to redo my spring. It was a tough decision. I'd heard, don't fix what isn't broken, but could it be improved? After walking by the spring, the friendly old man assured me that he could at least double my water supply. Several days later, after much excavating, he told me that, well, there's more water you're not getting, but who knows how deep it is. That means he is never wrong since... If we don't strike water, then it's just deeper, right? Should I have left it alone? And what about the water tanks? A few weeks later, I checked a water tank and it smelled off. I looked inside and found 10 or more frogs just swimming around and no doubt urinating and defecating into my water supply. How did they get there? In the six years I've had the tanks, they never have been there before. Then again, I did open up a working spring with a pool net in hand, I finally got the last ones out, dumped in a bunch of Clorox, and sealed up the air holes in the top of the water hatch with silicone. You can never have enough of this stuff. I wanted to be sure, just in case, that is how they got in. Frogs aren't so cute anymore. Then ants. This summer, the ants weren't so bad. They didn't march across our kitchen floor or up into our bed. I guess the multiple poisons I put out for them last year are still working. Air filters. What's still on the list? I already have an industrial air filter. There is lots of smoke out here, yet I will need to clear the ladder fuels, low branches, and brush from around the building so a grass fire can't ignite the trees. What about drip irrigation? I'm redoing the drip irrigation with hard PVC all around. This way, there won't be any thin black poly spaghetti irrigation lines popping out at random intervals. I'm adding another water meter just about the garden with a remote meter so all I have to do is look every morning at the water use from the night before to see if I have a leak. I'm sure I'm not done learning yet. After all, I was a city boy to start. 
However, the point is that you just don't know what you don't know until you actually start doing it. There's a saying that you don't know how to farm your land for at least five years or so. I understand that now. Some of the crops I was assured would grow at my location didn't thrive. Others, I was told, wouldn't do well, were very successful. The same is true with the survival property. You have to put in the time to find out where your weak spots are. Wow, guys, that's a, it's a, a short article, but it packs a very powerful punch because a lot of the times we think that you know survival is going to be very easy. There's a lot of people out there. Again, you know, recently I've talked a little bit about the seed banks and stuff like that. People think that they're just going to, when the poop hits the fan, they're going to start gardening and that's going to be it. And this guy is talking about all these things that you never would have thought about, right? Replacing the wiring harness for your generator. Man, if, if you didn't have the ability to replace it, if you didn't have a spare, how would you have done that? You would have been without a generator. I mean, you would have had this $20,000 generator that can run on any type of fuel whatsoever, right? Any combustible fuel, fuel but is going to be inactive because of a wiring harness, because of some mice. And then, you know, the woodpeckers out there and then ticks. I mean, a small tick bite. Can you imagine being in a, a poop hit the fan scenario and a small tick bite would cause your arm to swell up and who knows, cause an infection that you would die because of a tick? I mean, come on. So water tanks and, and all the different things. So he's learning, you know, learning out there. He, he's getting it done. He's learning, but there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of, you know, you, you, go, you go forward like two to uh, two steps and you take one step back and sometimes it just seems like man am I ever going to catch a catch a, uh, a break when we think of uh, preparedness a lot of people think man the the ultimate preparedness would be to own your own property and homestead but man you got to be ready to work that you got to be ready to deal with you know situations and scenarios that you're not thinking about it's not going to be ah, wake up in the morning have your coffee while you watch the sunrise and then go feed the chickens and go grab some fresh vegetables from the garden i mean there's a lot of work that you're going to need to consider just like this guy is saying right here so a lot of information now in the comment section there's just one major one that i, I want to tackle but there's a lot of good stuff here so if you are thinking about homesteading or you're thinking about moving out into some property, then I would recommend that you come read the comments in, in this section. But the, the main thing is this one. The first one said that a lot of your problems would have been taken care of if you just owned some cats. If you owned some cats to take care of the mice, then you would have had the, the mice would have taken care or the cats would have taken care of the mice that would have taken care of uh, all or all the other rodents that would have taken care of the, the, the ticks. And then you uh, they would have taken care of the frogs as well. And the woodpeckers, woodpeckers wouldn't come around because they don't want to be around the cats. And so they'd go find something, something else. So, you know, that's one of the things that I've always said uh, that if we were out in the country, I would definitely want some cats, some barnyard cats that would, you know, be out there that would patrol and that would, uh, you know, take care of, of things out there. And that would greatly improve uh, stuff like mice and, and rodents like that. So one of those things to consider, I'm not really a cat person. It's not, I'm not going to go out and run out and, and, and buy a cat to have inside my house, but I definitely would have one if I had property, if I lived out into the country, if I was homesteading, uh, you know, I really would uh, have some cats out there. But something to consider, guys, if you are thinking about homesteading, remember there's some small things 
can can cause some big, big problems. So again, that's over at survivalblog.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes, like always. All right, so this next article is coming to us from timgamble.com, and it's entitled Prepper Specific Financial Advice. Now, this is one of those great articles because it is specifically geared towards people who are thinking about preparedness. It's not just about finances as far as, I mean, that's important. And I always, I think that's something that we need to talk about all the time because I think finances is one of those topics that we need to make sure is, is taken care of, right? We're, we are managing our finances, but this is specific to preppers and, and to, to gear and, and to all of that. So let's jump into this one again from timgamble.com. Most of the advice I've given in previous articles of the Prepper Financial Series has been general in nature in that it is good advice for everyone, preppers or not. In today's article, I want to give some prepper-specific financial advice. So let me start by reiterating this foundational advice. Financial preparedness is important for preppers and survivalists, even those preparing for the end of the world. Financial preparedness includes spending less than you make, getting out of debt, and setting aside money into an emergency fund, among other aspects. My advice, think of prepping for Tiatwaki not as an escape from your debts and lack of financial security, but rather as an opportunity to successfully address those areas in your life. Having said that, let's move on to the prepper-specific advice. Number one. Avoid buying everything now syndrome. Food, guns, ammo, bug out bags, knives, multi-tools, gear, a mountain retreat, a bug out vehicle, a homestead. It seems the list of stuff we need to buy is endless. Yet we have to buy it all before the SHTF event happens, which will probably be next week. It's a perfect setup for the buy everything now syndrome. Folks new to prepping are especially vulnerable to this syndrome but it can strike even experienced preppers at times. Unchecked, this syndrome can have a devastating consequence, everything from money wasted on stuff you really didn't need to mountains of credit card debt. Guys, I'm going to tell you, do not use credit cards to go into debt, to buy the gear, to buy the food, all that kind of stuff. That's just that's just not the way to do it, right? Um, a lot of the times you think, you know, especially coming in, if I would have done that coming into preparedness, if I would have done that, I would have been years, years, years now, it, it has been that I would have had to pay that money back thinking, okay, the economy is going to crash and the government, we're going to be in, you know, the walking dead, the zombies and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, there's not going to be a credit card company that I need to pay back. So, all right, so why not charge up my credit cards? You can't, you can't have that idea because, you know, if there is a way if society is still viable, then if you owe money to people, there's going to be a way that they're going to get their money from you. So you got to, you got to, first of all, think about that. The second thing is being in debt really cripples you from being able to have opportunities later on down the road. I've talked about that a lot in previous episodes, but you just don't want to be in debt. So don't rack up your credit card debt to, uh, to get prepared. Be smart, uh, you know, make sure that you budget and, and all that good stuff, but don't use credit card debt to, to buy all your preparedness items. All right. So number two is lists are your friends. In battling the buy everything now syndrome, making lists is probably your best defense. 
Make a list of everything you think you need. Think about it. Discuss it with your spouse, family, and group members. Then prioritize that list. What are the most important essentials? Maybe label them A. What are the nice-to-have but can't-wait items? Label them B. And what can you make to do without? Label them C. You can have one massive everything list, or you might find it more useful to break it down into multiple lists by categories like food and water, guns and ammo, first aid and hygiene, cleaning and sanitation, etc. Whatever works for you. I think that's great advice is to have lists and you are able to purchase off of those lists. Now that he bounces off of that one into this next one, number three, avoid impulse purchases. This is where those lists come in handy. Don't buy anything that's not on the list and try to stick to buying those things you labeled with an A, the truly essential items, before you move on to the B's, the nice to haves, but not essential. Don't buy any C's if you still have A's on your list. See something you really want and think you need, but it isn't on the list? Write it down and prioritize it, but wait 48 hours before buying it. After 48 hours, review it and see if you still think you really need it. Chances are the impulse will have ebbed. Great advice there. Number four is quality, not quantity. You are not going to be saved by the sheer quantity of supplies you have. First and foremost, you will be saved by your physical health, your mental attitude, and your skills. Next in importance will be the quality of your gear and supplies, not the quantity. Choose quality over quantity. Remember this when working with your list. Number five, tactical is just a word. A great word for marketing, to be sure. But it is just a word and one with no official meaning. It is so overused in marketing stuff to preppers and survivalists that it seems anything available in black is called tactical and the price is often jacked up accordingly. Don't fall for this tactic, pun intended. Evaluate possible purchases based on their usefulness, quality, and price, not on the marketing terms applied to them. Number six, avoid celebrity names. There are a number of survivalists who have become celebrities of sorts due to their TV exposure. Several of them have sold their names to companies making knives, kits, and other gear. I tried a number of these named products, and without fail, I have found them to be overpriced and often of inferior quality. You will pay a 25 to 50% premium just for the celebrity name for a product that will typically be of lesser quality than the cheaper no-name version. Number seven is avoid gimmicks. There are a lot of gimmicky products out there. I bought a few of them myself, much to my later disappointment. Often these products are interesting ideas, poorly executed. Sometimes they shoot for the prepper equivalent of cuteness or wow factor to entice buyers, and they invariably overpromise and underdeliver. Avoid gimmicks by sticking to your list. Searching out reviews like YouTube is great for this and actually holding or even using an item before you buy it. Great advice. And I really like looking at reviews. That is one thing that I do. And if, you know, if it is something that is not a big ticket item, I might be comfortable going to Amazon and uh, you know, looking at the reviews there. Usually anything that's like 4.5 or really 4 to 5 uh, stars on Amazon and that has a lot of reviews like you're at a hundred or more 
even if you find things that, like there's some things that I've purchased that had like 5,000 reviews. I'm like, man, and there was like 4.5 stars with 5,000 reviews. I'm like, man, I, I'm going to buy this thing, right? Because it's just, apparently it's a really good product. A lot of people seem to think it is. But if you're looking at something that's, you know, doesn't have any reviews or maybe it has a 4.5 or a five star and there's only one review, well, then you need to do a little bit more research. But on big ticket items, things that I'm really going to purchase that are, you know, hundreds of dollars, a couple of hundred dollars, then I go to YouTube, I go to, to search and, and I try to find some reviews where people are actually talking about it. They're showing it. I want to be very, very familiar with those items before I I, I throw down that money because money is precious and we need to make sure that we are buying uh, the, the right items and we're just not throwing anything, uh, throwing money away. So great advice over there as you consider uh, purchasing preparedness items. Number eight, avoid super high priced items. A bigger price tag doesn't guarantee a better product. You can get a solid, good quality survival knife for under $50. Here's one on Amazon that I own, use, and like. Or you can buy a super high-priced, top-of-the-line survival knife for $500 or more. The $500 knife may or may not be better quality than the $50 knife, but I'm willing to bet it isn't 10 times higher quality. That's so very true, guys. And I know I talked about that this last week, uh, talking about the, the Schrade C, uh, CHF9, I believe. Uh, it's a survival knife for under $30. Oh my gosh, it, it just it's a, it's pretty amazing. All right, number nine, don't get too caught up in the freeze-dried long-term storage hype. Yes, many of these foods can store under the right conditions for 10 years or more. However, on a per-serving basis, they are ridiculously expensive in my opinion. I firmly believe you can put together a three to five year supply of food using regular canned foods and dry foods for much cheaper and with more variety and personal choice in what you are getting. So exception, it does make sense to buy some perishable foods like milk, butter, cheese, and eggs in freeze-dried or powdered forms for long-term storage. I do, and my favorite company for these foods is Augustin Farms because I know their quality is good and prices are reasonable relative to other companies. By the way, I am not affiliated with Augustin Farms, just a happy customer. I am affiliated with Amazon. All right. So very true, you, you know, and that's something that I have talked about before. I have written articles. In fact, I have a new uh, food storage lesson that I, I released to my email list and I'm about to release it to the rest of Prepper website and, and everybody else out there. But I talk about the three food storage, you know, three easy ways to stockpile your food storage in its canned goods, its DIY food buckets. And then the next, the third one is, you know, long-term food storage, like your commercial dehydrated food. And so that is the third one and it's easy. So if you have the money to be able to throw down on that, more power to you and, you know, you should have a little bit of it. There are some advantages to having it, but you should, you shouldn't start there unless you just you have all the money that you're ready to throw down right i think you should still start with canned goods and uh, then move on to diy food buckets and then have some dehydrated food now i know that he said he likes augustine farms i like legacy foods i am an affiliate for legacy foods and uh, i just think that th there's more you you get more for your money if you do purchase some of those so anyway um you know good advice there and then number 10 Look for cheap and even free ways to get your gear and supplies. 
Some examples, discount stores, thrift stores, salvage stores, flea markets, yard sales, classified ads, free cycle, also comparison shop, shop sales, and use coupons. All right. So Brian over on the on the on the Facebook group, man, I don't know how he does it, but he always comes up with great uh, items that he has found, like at, at uh, resale shops. I mean, things like uh, he, lanterns, and he found like a, a great backpack, you know, for like pennies on the dollar. I mean, just so cheap. And I'm like, man, I never see stuff like that when I go into to resale shops. It just you know it drives me nuts. I just see junk, right? But man, if you hit it right, and maybe there are some where you go on a regular basis and, and you just you go and you know when they're putting out new products and maybe you can talk to, to the front counter and you can ask them, hey, when do you normally restock shelves and stuff like that? And if they can tell you, you know, they give you a specific date, well, then you can hit it that next morning or that next day. And if they put out some great items, you can come away with some really great deals. Another thing is, you know, going to garage sales. If you can hit garage sales, you know, around your area and you can purchase things like tools and and things like that, man, you can usually get really great deals uh, that way. I, I know that I have. And so that way you can make your money last a little bit longer and you can you can find great, uh, great deals so you can add to your preparedness. So this article is one in the series. He's, he's got a prepper financial series, and he's got about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different articles here that uh, you can link to. So if you are wanting to get some more information about finances and how that you know is able to work into your preparedness, then I would recommend that you come on over to Tim's uh, Tim's website, timgamble.com, and you know scroll down and you'll be able to click on those. He's got new financial series articles coming out. And so uh, you can always find those on Prepper website, um, like, you know, like always, because we always link to some of the best, we, we always link to the best articles that are out there coming out in preparedness. Well, guys, that is it for Prepper specific financial advice. Like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And then that way you can bounce on over to Tim's website and and read it again and then also uh, click on over to some of these other links well guys that is it for episode 435 thanks so much for hanging out with me today and uh, starting your week off with the prepper website podcast guys out there don't forget to just stay just stay aware we're not we don't want to live in fear we don't want to live in like you know be chicken little and and the sky is falling and and all that kind of stuff and uh, but we want to be aware. It, it's smart to be prepped and be aware of what is going on out out there in the world. When you're when you're doing that, then you can mitigate things that are coming down and you can help your family. I mean, that's what we're doing all of this for. It's one thing to prep for ourselves, but you know, many of us, you are listening and you have people that that you care about, people that are important to you and you are prepping for them and they might not be on board with prepping, but you know, you, that doesn't matter to you because you still care about them. You still love them. You still want to take care of them. If, if the poop hit the fan, you want to make sure that you're taking care of them. And so that's one reason why we stay prepped and aware out there and we keep our pulse on what's happening. So find, find those things, find those ways where you stay aware of what's happening and, uh, and just be smart because we are living in crazy, crazy times. And then I'm going to say, if you are new to the podcast, again, welcome, but you want to make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss another episode 
of sweet prepper goodness, right? So go on over to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com. We have a ton of ways where you can uh, connect to whatever favorite podcast catcher you are using, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn. There are so many different uh, out there so that you can make sure that you are, you will, that you'll never miss another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. And don't forget to connect with me. I'd love for you to come on over to the Facebook group and be a part of what's going on over there. And then also I'd love to connect with you on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, then on Facebook as well. And so with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.